Hello and welcome to the Balthazar NFT Gaming Podcast, everyone. My name is Luke, and today we have a great discussion episode on onboarding Web2 gamers into Web3. Joining me for this discussion is our CEO at Balthazar, John Sisfandis, as well as a plethora of guests, including Fitch from Parallel, Head of Growth, Jerome, the STG Football co-founder, Long, the founder of Anamura, and then two guests from Shrapnel, including Don, the CTO, and Tony, who is in charge of Web3 Marketing. So thanks for tuning in. Let's jump into this conversation. I just kind of want to open up the conversation and rather than say, hey, here are the issues, uh, I want you guys to solve them. I think it'd be fun to just go around and, you know, each of you guys share if you have an idea, what are some of those roadblocks? What are some of those challenges of getting Web2 gamers into Web3? So anyone want to kick us off? What's, uh, what's something that you guys are seeing that are some big roadblocks for Web2 gamers? I just want to start, if I can just jump in here, I just want to throw, throw an idea around and get everyone's thoughts on it. Because we've sort of talked about it internally quite a lot. And I've actually spoken to a lot of uh, senior people in Web2 companies like the Ubisofts and the Square Enixes of the world around around this concept. So I'm really keen to get your thoughts on it. So for me, the first variation of, of and it's a bit spicy, so, you know, <laughs> but but for me, the first variation of, um, of Web3 gaming, I, I, I feel ideally should have been um, just using NFTs and just testing digital ownership and not worry about a token. Um, and I think that maybe the lines have been blurred a little bit around the whole play to earn thing versus what Web3 gaming actually means. But to me, Web3 gaming just means that the people that are playing the games get more value out of what they're, what they're playing. You own the assets. It's a transfer of IP from the game owner over to the player. And I feel as though um, over time, you're going to see heaps of pressure coming from games. But I feel as though... It, in my opinion, it should have just started with um, NFTs. So I, I'd love to get everyone's thoughts on that and sort of what the value of having the token. I, obviously, you know, just throw that around. I'd love to get that, get your thoughts on that. Uh, I'll dive into that one. I mean, I think the play to earn component is really powerful, um, but the early models just were kind of fundamentally broken. Um, they were sort of infinitely inflationary. And um, users were being rewarded for actions that should not have been rewarded in a liquid value token. So my summary is, is sort of that, right? Like, is play to earn probably the most powerful, you know, aspect of quote unquote web three games? I, I think so. Um, certainly like the value transfer IP ownership part that you talk about with owning your in-game assets is right up there with it. Um, but I think that, you know, potentially that play to earn aspect is the most powerful thing. It would just, it, the models just were wrong. And that's so commonly a crypto thing where we just sort of rush into this new thing. Um, like we just saw an exploit the other day of Mango Markets. I'm not sure how much the audience here sort of participates in uh, the DeFi side of things, but that happened because there was, there was a price manipulation and people were essentially allowed to use the uh, profit and loss that they had booked as collateral to take out another leveraged position. Um, that's broken. I right? like that's a fundamentally broken model. And I think that, you know, that's similar to the way that play to earn was sort of fundamentally broken. Um, and and it's I this industry tends to operate with a lot of like, let's get out there and do it and and it breaks and then it can sort of be catastrophic in, in some sense. But lessons are learned and and we move forward. And I think um, there's a ton of opportunity to innovate on play to earn. You know, so I think it is right there in importance. I agree with you that probably we would have been better served to just start with NFTs as ownership. But I think that the play to earn model is incredibly powerful. It was just broken to me in two key ways. One, actions were being rewarded with liquid value assets that shouldn't have been. You know, there should be some kind of XP that's not uh, tradable on the open market. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that these models shouldn't be sort of infinitely inflationary. There has to be a deflationary mechanism. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with everything that I think Fitch, um, if I'm saying that right, just said. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I make a lot of comparisons between um, where mobile gaming was kind of in the inception of mobile gaming and as it progressed through from a premium model to a, a freemium model uh, and where we are now with, with NFTs. And I think this this conversation is is like only another example of that, right? Like there, there were many, many iterations that occurred in the, both the business models and the style of gameplay, um, as mobile gaming became, a you know, just part of the gaming, um, ecosystem and, and, and zeitgeist. Um, and so I think that'll be true with, uh, with, uh, when, you know, when to earn, uh, play to earn, create to own what, you know, all of these different iterations that we go through. But, um, 
I, I do think that uh, as we get more sophisticated and, and as we try more stuff and, and break more stuff, um, we will eventually move into models that uh, that lend themselves to hundreds of millions of players in the same way that uh, the you know the most popular games that exist right now in Web two uh, do as well. And I I think you know again to your point about um, making it less about the token and more about uh, the gameplay and the intrinsic value of owning the the asset and enjoying it, um, the the better off that we'll be. Yeah, I just I just want to follow up there real quick, right? Because I mean, I, I do think as we're since this is all about onboarding like the next, I know, hundred million players or so, play to earn. It's yes, I agree that's the most powerful kind of like version of this. But you're not gonna right? It's not gonna be possible to have a hundred million people or whatever the next billion people have come into Web three with the goal of making money, right? So I I, I do think that's where that's where kind of the, the token aspect kind of becomes dicey. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, uh, how do you call it, like reward biggest contributors in your ecosystem or in the community in, in specific ways. But like if people come to your game to make money, we're, we're not going to get there, right? And then we're going to end up with just like the same 50,000 or 100,000 while it's just selling each other stuff back and forth or hoping to like make some, I don't know, just make some tokens and, and sell them. And eventually your, like your whole economy crumbles. Um, so yeah, so just from my point of view, right? And obviously I come from a free-to-play uh, background. Like I believe that you just have to make really good experiences and then let users kind of partake and, and kind of benefit from all the time and money they spend into your uh, into your game or your project. But that has to like, if, if they don't come there for the fun first, I think we're gonna like it's it's gonna be difficult like time to be or difficult space to be successful in in the next like five years or so. Um, I just think that launching a token right now, um, having a game, just combining the two is a really quick way to monetize a game so so much faster and creating like a a blockbuster mobile game. I think the hype cycle is just at its peak, and it's just just such a powerful incentive for developers to create something that isn't very meaningful and it just uses a token to monetize and and uh, profit off like really fast. I think that was just the major problem. No, I completely, completely agree. And, and, and really valid points from everyone. I appreciate appreciate that. Um, super well considered, I think. And, and, I, and I actually agree. I think for me, the, the bigger argument, um, actually, Jerome, I think it's the point that you made around like the idea of like, you know, we want to bring over the next 100 million users, but to, to assume that 100 million users can all come play and make money doesn't make sense. We, the model doesn't work in the real world like we see inflation in, in, in the real world, right? So if you can't sort of solve it there, like how are we going to solve it in a, in a microcosm? So I think that's interesting. I think um, it really just comes down to what Fitch actually you said around deflation, right? And I think that um, if you have a sufficient deflationary model where, you know, you see games like FIFA where people spend, you know, millions of dollars, you know, individually they might spend thousands of dollars a year um, for something that they get absolutely no value out of other than just fun, play to own model where people can win and earn, um, then you find a nice balance, I think. And I think that's where we're going to see um, the space really come to life where you've got sort of almost two levels of play to earn. You've got people that are playing to make money and they may have a, they may play a different type of role in the game versus, um, you know, people that are playing, you know, for the assets and, and just injecting, injecting their funds to, to get as much fun out of it. I think, you know, my thesis is that there will be a balance there and, and, and we'll find that equilibrium point. I, I think that's so important to acknowledge, John. And, you know, I, I spent the early part of my career in d- big data for the video game companies, right? I, I owned uh, Nintendo's migration from Crystal Reports onto Oracle Business Intelligence specifically so that we could do, um, you know, big data analysis on eShop purchases and, and really understand, you know, on-site merchandising and stuff. Um, and the ability to to understand that, there are just different types of players within any sort of economy in the same way that there are different types of shoppers within any sort of economy in a real world economy is, is, is so important, right? Like I, I ran, uh, uh, loyalty and, and esports for Madden for a while. Um, and the, the way that we built the loyalty program was 100% rooted in the fact that we knew that X percent of our users were going to open, you know, a bazillion packs a year and spend, you know, like you said, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a year, and then we had, you know, a, a huge double-digit percentage of our users that we we called free AI, right? That we're never going to spend a dollar in the game, but they enriched the experience so much uh, for everyone in, themselves and the people that were spending money in the game because they uh, they engaged so deeply with the, the the gameplay and the mechanisms and they extracted value in the way that you were talking about in just an intrinsically different way than the people who were spending thousands of dollars in the game uh, to uh, to 
to play, right? It was just like a completely different user base with different motivations. And I, I think you're absolutely right. That's going to emerge in, in Web3 as well. Yeah, I, I think just adding to that point, maybe to cap it off is, is just to say, I think it's less about saying 100% of players are going to be earning substantially. And it's more about saying, rather than the current model where one per, the top 1% of 1% earn and nobody else does, because essentially, like, if you play a major game, you have to be a personality who's a, a great streamer, or you have to be truly elite and not just win in rank ladder, but you have to win competitive events, right? Because if you win in rank ladder, you, don't, you usually don't get anything for that. So you have to go to tournaments, win, oftentimes pay out of your own pocket to get there, right? Or be an excellent streamer. That's a very small subset of all gamers, right? So what if we said, okay, what about the top 25% can earn? right, on a consistent basis, and everyone has a chance to potentially get there. They have a path to own more of their own assets. You know, they have a, a path to improve their skill. And everyone can earn, you know, a small nominal amount and get a taste of what it would be like. But, you know, there, there is a, a significantly many orders of magnitude larger set of people with a play-to-earn model that can still, at scale, earn, right, compared to the current model. So I think it's just about turning you know, the 1% of 1% into like a quarter of all users, right, could could potentially, and, and if you're looking at like a wind earn type model, right, which is more of what parallel will be, then that's that's how it's meant to be. You know, everyone has a path to get there. Um, they can use their earnings to reinvest in more NFTs, which would increase their earnings, so on and so forth. But it's, I think it's more democratic, certainly, than um, 1% of 1%. I, I love that you're using wind to earn, dude. I, I feel like I heard that somewhere on a Spaces 18 months ago. And it's like one of my favorite uh, pithy isms in, in this space. Cause I, I think it really does speak to some of the stuff you guys were talking about earlier, where, you know, the idea of active issuance of value versus passive issuance of value. I think someone earlier said um, people were, were earning tokens for things they shouldn't have earned tokens for. Um, I, I think that that idea of winning to earn or, or uh, having to, to express some sort of skill uh, in order to, to significantly be able to have a, uh, a chance at extracting financial value is is really going to be core to a lot of these models as well. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about in this midst of this conversation, a lot of things being said here about the benefits, the pros of these token systems and the play to earn or win to earn, however you want to pitch it. And obviously, I think we all agree here that there's advantages to these. That's why we're here in this Web3 space. But what I've noticed is from the outside world looking in, there's still a lot of narratives and, and troubling of bringing in Web2 gamers because they see these NFT games as rug pulls. While we we understand the advantages, I think from the outside perspective, they don't do that uh, or they don't really understand that. So I'm curious to hear from you guys' points of views uh, or, or John as well. How do you guys teach people or educate or change that narrative? How do you explain those advantages to someone who just doesn't understand crypto, doesn't understand play to earn or NFT games? I think at the most base level, it shouldn't be required to participate in at all, right? I, I think that you shouldn't have to interact with a token, a Web3 wallet, or an NFT if you don't want to to play a Web3 game. And that goes back to what John said at the beginning of like, shouldn't we just be making games? <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of what we're, 100%. What we're really, it's what we're doing here, right? We're making games and they happen to have some Web3 components. I think, you know, you, you should you should have a healthy crop of players, I think, that don't ever have to interact with that whatsoever. And so you don't have to sell them something that they don't want to buy, you know, but you can create other UX that, you know, and I think this is to credit of uh, Kalos, our, our founder, you know, creating UX that will like steadily nudge people towards that, you know? So like an example is that, you know, we plan to have this menu after you've uh, won a match in parallel. And it's like, hey, if you had some NFTs, here's what you would have won in prime. No pressure to go do that or get that. But it's just saying, hey, there's this opportunity to do this thing. You don't have to, but if you want to, it's there for you, right? And so I think it's that optionality is, is at a core part of that, where it's like, you don't have to force feed people something that they don't want. Just get them in with a good gaming experience, and then you can ladder them up to those higher levels of gaming. It's the same way, like, I love MMOs. I don't hop into an MMO and immediately go for a raid. You know, I'm not good enough. My character's not geared enough. I haven't put the time in, the work in. Right. So in the same way, you wouldn't expect a player to understand the financialized aspects of a game right out the gate unless they're quite advanced in that realm already. Chances are they aren't. No, I 100% agree with you, Fitch. I think, I think actually another interesting point on that um, is 
that we that we made earlier around like what people are actually getting rewarded for. So I think if you start rewarding people, so for, first of all, I'd just say, you know, I, I don't think at any point um, to, like buying a token or even buying an NFT should be a barrier for play to earn. Um, and you said 25% Fitch. I think when I was speaking to Ubisoft, they said 2%, <laughs> which is, I mean, fair enough, you know, that they're, they're, you know, traditional games will eventually fear this model because of the value it adds to the, to the end user. But, um, you know, you have like say 2% of the, of gamers who, when they reach a certain level, they unlock their own asset ownership, for example, but then naturally you're going to see the other 98% putting pressure on the games. And then you'll see another game that comes out that offers like 50% of gamers and you'll see a transition of it. And that, that I think that's actually going to be the process of how this business model, it's essentially just a new business model, right? And I feel as though that's going to be the catalyst for this business model being the primary you know model for gaming um but i think that exploring other methods of like how people can earn within games and it might not actually be for playing the game itself it could be you know for driving it could be for content creators it could be stuff like that like doing other tasks within the ecosystem that have more of a direct commercial return for the game so if the game's making you know you know i don't know let's just say round numbers a million dollars a year through um through its content creators they can distribute um, say eighty percent of that pool back to the community, and that's where the 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 sort of earned component comes from. And like we're seeing a lot of diversity with with different like X to earn, you know, and a lot of them are, are a bit silly. But I think if you were to, I think they're silly because you know that whatever that X is seems to be the primary form of you know the model. But if you were to to have the primary form of you know it's a game right and, and everyone's there to play the game but you 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 essentially add plugins in and that plugin could be like create to earn within a game um, and it's a supplementary um, element then you can still unlock the power of you know earning you know by by doing something you like doing um, again it's just a different business model and it's just, you know it's circular so so the games they're not going to lose because it's being distributed out of a fixed pool. Um, so I think that that that's going to be interesting, you know, in, in the future. But yeah, I think going going back, like it, it shouldn't be a barrier at all. And I think that's the whole idea of this chat is like, and, th- and that's why that's why we build Babylon because yeah, like we're here to build games. Like, well, you know, you guys are here to build games, and we're here to support you in that in, in whatever way we can. And I feel um, I feel like providing you guys with the tools in order to do that, making your life easier. Think less about the crypto stuff. Think more about the gaming stuff. Let us handle the rest of it. And and if we can create an experience that's super easy for People that want to try, you know, parallel STG, you know, uh, whatever it is, shrapnel, and Amura, you know, just try it. Get in, start playing. Don't worry too much about um, about about you know setting up your wallet and security and all that at the start because you know you might not even be worthwhile. It's just 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 get into it. Just start playing. See if you love it for any game, and then from there you can worry about the crypto stuff later. So that, that that's that's my thesis on it. Yeah, I think I'm done. I, I'm, and most of what you guys said, I think I wholeheartedly agree with. I think if you look at kind of the gaming space and how that evolved, right? It used to be premium games, and then eventually people removed the friction. Where it's like, hey, if we have a product that can monetize just on the fun fact alone, we can get people in for free, and then they'll eventually spend money there. I think the early times of crypto gaming were quite similar, right? Like big upfront purchase, and then you kind of go from there. Um, I think the onboarding aspect, and I want to kind of tie it back to that because that's why we're here, right? Kind of talk about how we how we get all these people in. It's all about removing all these different kind of friction factors, right? And that is again like there's <laughs> there's so much friction in a MetaMask or a Phantom Wallet or in pretty much any way you, know, you want to uh, go about that. That like that is the one of the main ones. Um, plus, kind of all the distribution channels are like for Web three gaming right now are just so wacky. I just think like we're just gonna progressively just remove all kind of like friction points and then win with product, right? And kind of have an experience that's actually fun enough for people to, you know, to go and try out with without the sole purpose of making money. And I'm just I, I feel like I'm gonna come back to that over and over again, right? If you want to onboard a lot of people, gaming is still a an exercise that or like an activity that people do to enter for entertainment purposes and just to enjoy themselves. Right. And then if you can re- remove like all the friction and then um, kind of have a good experience. And then people will opt in and do anything, right? I mean, in Team Fortress, people were buying hats just because they wanted some way to interact with this thing that they loved, right? So, um, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll stop for now, not hardly the end time, but I think just, like, just making it easy to interact with, with the game and kind of and have a good time. And I feel like that is <laughs> still missing from all these projects out there, right? I mean, I know we're all working on that in this chat, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, for Shrapnel, we certainly, we see what you're describing, which is um, the player persona is table stakes, right? They they want to get in and have fun. 
it needs to be sticky. It needs to be worth the time that you're investing in it. Um, I think that the interesting thing for us in this space, and so, you know, certainly we have like a creator economy and discovery and curation and promotion, promotion side of it as well, um, is like providing interesting avenues of expression for those other types of personas that aren't players or are, are players just some of the time. Uh, and actually, you know, uh, like to express themselves in different ways. For some people, that's a network of people that they're connected to. And they love like finding, um, you know, people who who kind of cement their brand or are building things. Um, for some people, it's building things um, themselves and, and being able to like have that tool set uh, and share that stuff. Um, and it's, uh, I think, in like Web3 space, at least, like we definitely take um, the, the resonating theme that I'm hearing here as well, which is you should not have to care about the fact that this is blockchain enabled. Um, you don't need, you know, a non-custodial wallet that you have to link or any of this crap. You just, you grab the client, you jump in, you know, at least in Shrapnel's case, you start shooting people in the face uh, and then you decide if it's for you or not. And you know, within the first, you know, whatever it takes to install it and get into a session, you know, eight, 10 minutes, whatever, you know if you're going to be playing that game um, a week from now, basically. So, like that is, I think that is table stakes persona attraction. Um, and it, like, but the you know, on top of that, the more interesting stuff, like why we're building on blockchain when we talk about interop and ownership uh, and like more interesting, lasting value and decentralized expression is all of the kind of the other pieces. That, you know, there's different projects that are super interesting that are applying this in different ways. For us, it's like self-sustaining ecosystem um, and and that that like recognize, uh, recognition of those different personas that go into a self-sustaining ecosystem. Um, but we love like seeing everyone else's versions of what that means, as, you know, especially from the teams that put the actual like game development front and center. I'm curious to hear from you guys. Do you think it really just is the fun piece that we're missing? Like, is that what's really going to take to onboard Web two to Web three gamers? Because I've seen some games that have put out cool, cool trailers. You know, whether it's Shrapnel, Pearl, or any of you guys here, and you know, there's still people that make videos about it or tweets about it. And like, oh, that game has NFTs. I don't really care how cool the game looks. Like, I'm I'm out. Do you guys think that just changes over time? Uh, is there something that we need to do specifically as games? So I was just thinking that like. For example, the P2E problem is that like um, if there's something that's shooting up in value with a lot of like token value and I play it, I'm earning a lot. A lot of people are going to want to play that game because of the potential of earning. I don't know if it's like a great thing, but I think this is going to 100% going to keep happening. Can't really stop it. So I wonder if it's like a detriment to, to game development and then also to Web2 gamers and Web3 gamers. But just curious to hear about other thoughts about that as well. That's a part of it for sure. I mean, I, th- I don't think that we've really had a class of games that were both good and did not like require significant web three interaction yet. And I, I think that that's what's coming, you know, next year. Um, and so that, that to me is exciting because that represents, you know, I mean, we've, we've already seen more sort of forays into uh, this space from major uh, studios, but yeah, I don't think that we've seen games that are both like interesting and I don't mean a trailer, right. I mean like actually good, good games that don't require you to do a bunch of Web3 stuff. And I think that when we when we do see that stuff, um, then we're going to, you know, see more Web2 gamers start to, to come over. Um, and I also just think, like, continuing to style our, ourselves as Web3 games is kind of detrimental in and of itself. Like, we're sort of crippling ourselves by that. Um, and, and it's hard because, like, there's a current audience and then the audience you'd like to have, and that's always somewhat of a dichotomy, especially in, in this case. But... Like, I, I think we have to kind of put the term NFT to bed a little bit. You know, it, that, that term does nobody any favors. Um, I think that term kind of pulls badly among Web2 gamers and people in Web3, right? Nobody likes that term. I mean, we've done surveys on this. Nobody cares about it. Uh, it's like the survey is like, do you, would you be happy if we didn't use the term NFT anymore? And every, like, everyone's like, yes. So, you know, I, I think that's why it's part of the reason why we changed our handle from parallel NFT to parallel TCG. It's like we're, it's a trading card game. There are some NFTs if you want to interact with them, but that's not the point, right? Um, so I think that's that's important. The other like incidental bit that I would mention is the merge for Ethereum is like massively consequential, I think, in over time changing people's perceptions. Like one of the main I was embroiled in many Twitter arguments <clears throat> about NFTs early on, 
um, with NFT haters. And I would say the environment piece was like one of the only ones that actually held any water um, that I would consistently hear. And that's sort of completely gone now with the Ethereum merge. And so I think that like that already seemed to mark a major perception shift. I think that's going to continue to happen. I'm sure we've all had conversations with studios or, you know, major esports organizations or, or other Web2 streamers and things like that. And there's a lot more interest than publicly, it would seem like, in what's happening here, right? And I think they've just been a little bit cautious. And I think that that caution and that barrier is going to diminish. And I think next year is the year. For me, it's for me, it's it's, it's two things. I think the first is, yeah, like I agree, like, like nobody cares about the what like the like like coming from a sort of a marketing background like you you don't the best way to sell is not to sell the what you sell the why so i think if we're going to talk about you know the fact that this is an nft game i I think you're right first of all let's not even like let's get rid of that web 3 versus web 2 gaming i think we just sell why this business model or why this version of gaming is better and 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 that you know comes back to the points we were making earlier around digital ownership and earning potential in the right you know in the right models um so that's the first thing i think that's you know that, that's pretty important how we define the value of what we're actually doing and because we are doing something different and we are innovating we are at the at the bleeding edge here so i think it's important to recognize that but don't tell them what we're doing tell them why we're doing it i think that's the first thing the second thing and that that's just that's just going to be reflected through great marketing and and, and through great content I think the second thing there is um, is definitely the, the, making the game fun. So it's like you attract people in, um, make sure the game's fun, and then that, that'll get you your retention. Then retention, you get your gaming evangelists. Your gaming evangelists will then tell their other friends about it, and you'll get a halo effect. And then I think the last thing is actually the last thing is actually in between the first two points. It's just about user experience. And I feel as though like I've got friends that are that are avid gamers who have said to me like I want to get into into you know this this new model of gaming, but I don't know how to. And I think it really like I genuinely think that that's a barrier at the moment. I think that um you know that just needs to be solved. Um you know and it, it's not going to be an easy one to solve. But I think yeah like. We're tr- like again, we're trying our best to do it. I think a lot of other people are too. But just making sure that the user experience is easy. Once, like, think about it from a if you're buying something like buying an item on an e-commerce store. Like, if you see it advertised, the price is great. Um, you know, you, you like it. You know, it makes sense. And then you go to transact, and it's it's a payment system that you you've never used before, and you need to go and apply for a credit card or like not quite that's not that complicated, but you get the point. So I think user experience is important. Making sure the games are fun. You know, is important. I think that defining what we're doing effectively is also um, really important. Yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of chime in with my two cents here. I mean, generally, I agree. Right, we we got a bit of a PR problem where gamers will just not even try things. Right, we have a product problem where like it's just not the stuff isn't good enough to be convincing. Right, like if if, if the game's not fun and I I'm not that excited about Web three in the first place, then the product has to win me over, and the current offerings won't. And the other one that I think just that nobody's mentioned yet that I just want to kind of lean into is the distribution problem, right? Like all the places where gamers look for product is not where they find art, right? So again, we're we're one of the few we we're gonna in the Epic Store and we'll we'll see what the reception is, right? Of, from that crowd that is there. But like the the um, I yeah, I'm just kind of looking, right? Like kind of stuff playing stuff in the browser or downloading client from a website that you're maybe not 100 certain of. That is, that is, again, friction, right? It all comes down to, like, how hard is it to, to get into these products and to try them out? And, again, just coming from the free-to-play background, right? It's a numbers game. And, like, in a few, like, every drop-off that you have or an extra 10% of users say, like, oh, well, you know what? This is too much for me. I'm not doing it. Really, really hurts you in the long run, right? So kind of the, the distribution problem, I think that's coming online, right? I mean, Epic is pretty good. Apple will definitely kind of help the space. But we're still, you know, like a bit out from being, like, I don't know if we're going to be on Switch, right? But that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and distribution. Is surely one, Google, yeah. surely Google can lean in more as well, right? Like they've they've recently they've recently, uh, you know, with, with their changes around, you know, obviously the search engine showing, you know, uh, Ethereum bal- uh, sorry, uh, crypto balances in the search engine, and obviously um, with the payments now as well. Like it would be really cool to see them really lean in with NFT transactions in in app as well. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think Google's big on Ethereum. They're they're kind of doing more and more with Ethereum specifically. So um, certainly could imagine that they would lean in more in the future. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong for any of you guys uh, in your games, but I didn't do this intentionally. But I think every game here has some aspect of free to play, as you're mentioning, Jerome. Um, and I think that's also one of the things that can really help us moving forward. Is that for so long, if I wanted to invite my friend into a Web three game. I would have to say, well, 
do you want to play this game that I'm playing? Uh, like, sorry, buddy, you got to drop, you know, $500 on this NFT to even start playing the game, right? Which for a, a gamer coming from Web2 who's used to $60 or, or those free-to-play models, as you're saying, whether that's, you know, League of Legends or Fortnite or, you know, name any big game, they all have free-to-play aspects. And I think as you guys start to release some games that have these free-to-play aspects that people can jump in even without those NFTs, can try it for free, I think that's going to open up a lot more opportunities with what you guys are doing there. Yeah, um, Shrapnel's definitely in that space of um, free-to-play. And then, uh, you know, I would say <laughs> the the difficulty there is always in, like, healthy economic modeling. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of this depends on the details of what your game is, right? What the game session is, what the game mode is, how people are playing with each other, what your operational costs are as a result, et cetera, et cetera, right? You can try to apply the typical like virtuous cycle of your acquisition, right? And like conversion retention and all that. Um, but it gets flipped a little bit sideways. You kind of like have to look at it a little like 90 degrees to the left um, because of uh, that that kind of like if you're if you know if you're giving people things they're earning things these things maybe have real you know some form of real world value right you're now designing an economy and this is like something we've done a ton of um, work on with you know a teams of economists to say like now you have to approach this as if it's uh, a free floating like open market. Um, economy. Uh, and so that comes with a bunch of rules that you're probably not used to. I was not acclimated to coming from um, free to play or even just like traditional closed economy design for games. Um, so like making that work and then also allowing it to be free to play, making sure it's not just a like falling out safety net is that acquisition funnel and then like getting getting like a conversion that makes sense um that's always i think somebody was talking about it earlier some people are never going to be in that boat uh some people are going to jump into that boat and then nine other boats um and they have like completely different demographics of people um their spending behaviors and what they value and what they're going to get into um and trying to model that and make sure it's healthy over the long term uh, and isn't just going to tip over um, based on the ebbs and flows of your community has proven to be a, uh, I'd say it's a fun challenge. It's been a fun challenge. <laughs> yeah, to, to Don's point there, like, I don't know if the layperson appreciates how difficult that is, right? Like, we also have data scientists internally at, at Parallel whose job is just basically to do that, right? Like, hundreds of models run on on different aspects of the ecosystem and, and making sure it all works together is uh is challenging i think some overall design cues that help um when you're sort of looking at like free to play and then these other more advanced earning mechanisms is just laddering people up right there has to be like a clear path to get into those things if you wanted to but not too far too quickly um and to also make sure to our earlier conversation point that it's not just infinite you know sort of inflation of value going out but like you know, value is collected back in through sinks. Um, so, you know, in our case, we'll be using Prime Token and um, the ways for Prime to come back into the ecosystem, not just go out, uh, are important. And then I think the other piece that I, I mentioned before that I think is really important for game designers to consider is like non-token XP. You know, the, uh, the vast majority, I would say, of gamers' actions in a game environment could and maybe potentially should be rewarded, but should not be rewarded with liquid market, you know, sellable value, essentially, right? Like that should be a different thing and needs to be considered differently. You know, for example, if I create an account and I invite three friends, should I get money? I, I, I don't think so, right? I think that you should get something that is valuable to you in that game ecosystem. But really, you should get money if you're a very active participant in the ecosystem and, you know, to some extent are winning games and, and doing a series of probably more meaningful actions, uh, you know, prior to that, that, that could also be an earning component. So I think there's a couple points there that I would just highlight to people's, you know, laddering up from free to sort of more advanced forms of play um, that involve the, the more advanced economics and just making sure that there's like a separation between value systems, you know, and, and if you try and have liquid token value as your only value system it's going to quickly get too complicated and, and be subject to a lot more winds of change than you would probably want it to 
I think we should explore what it would look like to reward uh, gamers from a fixed reward pool based on revenue that it, that it, that a game earns. So, like as part of your tokenomics, you, you you issue a fixed amount, and and if there's if if nothing fills that pool, then there's no distribution there. So I think that the action it's like very DeFi. Like I feel like the actions you know can be whatever they need to be, and I think they should be tied into the game, and that's the whole idea of play to earn, right? But I think. The distribution should never be at the detriment of a, of a game or an ecosystem. It should always be fixed and balanced. Like that, that would be more effective. Yeah, that's pretty close to what we're doing for Shrapnel. I mean, it's it's not just for players. It's split between players, uh, promoters, and actual creators or owners um, of the the like custom content because that's representative. Like all those pieces to us are representative from like an economic model of being quote unquote production. Um, that's uh, um, you know even players that aren't doing challenges they're still like filling sessions they're still you know somebody called them um uh what, what was it like ai light or something like that um like that's still a, a kind of immeasurable value proposition uh is it the same um as you know somebody creating a dope map that everybody wants to play um probably not but you know there's a there's a certain way to actually kind of measure that and put a metric against it. Uh, and then having that virtuous cycle that you're describing or like that economic loop of what's coming in, um, like goes out and how that's measured against the watermark um, and how everything kind of splits to all the people who have provided value, um, whether it's uh, with their playtime or with their creation time. Um, that's, that's definitely like the, our thesis at the, at the like core of our economic model. Yeah, for our game, we've been building um, a gold that's not uh, a gold system that's not based on any tokens. We think it's really important to reward people for playing the game, unlock like skills and talents, just like a traditional game, which you know we didn't have to care so much about people earning like like tokens that they can sell, but instead just kind of appreciate uh, for themselves to create uh, more of identity for themselves within the game. You know, to customize that character is so much more important to just have that like you know without monetary constraints. So we're doing something that. Uh, you know, that you can earn, but uh, it's not something that's sellable. I think it's also kind of something that's uh, definitely not used in crypto gaming yet. Yeah, and it's quite important. Uh, I just think for the the actual, you know, sort of money piece that's being earned, what it comes down to is just not having sort of like minimum viable farming behavior be pragmatic to earn anything substantial, right? Like you, you don't want to create an environment where it's just, you know, an iPhone click farm. Uh, that is extracting value from the ecosystem. That should not be possible at a fundamental level. <clears throat> and I think that's that's kind of what I mean when I say it's like a more distributed form of esports. You know, the, the people who are earning substantial amounts are going to be active participants in the ecosystem who are winning pretty regularly. But it's not someone who would like. It's it's vastly more inclusive than what esports would be. Right? Esports is you know top one percent and and way even above that of players. You know, but I think if you're looking at like top 25% of players and those people are able to earn substantially, everyone's able to earn, right? But like it, you're looking at like actual, you know, real substantial amounts of value being accrued. Um, I think it's just widening that pool, open it up to everyone, but like minimum viable actions should not be the sort of quotient, you know what I mean? Awesome. Well, I, I kind of want to wrap up here with one last question uh, and then give you guys some chance to shout out about your games. Uh, so we've talked a lot about, you know, how do we remove barriers? How do we make it easier to get people into these games, whether that's free to play or removing some of the difficult language? But at some point, right, you guys are going to get these Web2 gamers into your game. And eventually you're going to have to explain what an NFT is, even if you don't use NFT language, or you're eventually going to have to explain what is this token and what can I do with it? So I, I want to kind of use this last little section here to talk about how are you guys actually planning on once you have these gamers to educate them or to teach them about what is Web3 gaming? What are these systems? So whatever game kind of wants to jump in here first, go for it. Or John, I think I, I saw you. I just think that <laughs> just my, my two cents on that, by the way, sorry, Luke, is just um, I'm actually not sure how technical we need to go in terms of explaining like what an NFT is to like an end user. I think if you look at like what the Web2, like, I don't know, I feel like, it's it's uh, as long as the value is being is being delivered and they understand that this is something that I own online. I feel as though like that 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 education 
like it, with good information, good education, good systems, like, and, and actually a really good user experience, I feel like you might not even, I mean, that's, that's my initial thoughts on that. I'm not sure if, if you actually have to do that, um, but keen to get the game's thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I think it's a UX thing primarily, right? Like if you have great UX, it should all feel very natural. If I play an MMO, if I play World of Warcraft, I don't ask what the code snippet behind gold is, right? And I also don't ask about the marketplace functions behind the black market that I can go buy and sell items on, right? I don't need to know. It doesn't matter, right? It's just the UX, it's an interface. Obviously, we're a ways away from that, but like it's just player-owned, sort of more distributed peer-to-peer marketplaces that are, you know, part of this, but there's going to be in-game marketplaces too. And it's it's more universal money, uh, in-game money that's being changed hands, right? That That's the only difference. I think it's more about explaining value propositions at the beginning associated with that, not like functionality or any of that, because who cares? You know, I, I don't think that most people know uh, or care again, what their favorite games are, what how the gold works, right? They just know, okay, I can buy stuff with it. Cool. Here's the stuff that I can buy you presented to me in a clean and easy to understand format. Great. I'm going to, oh, or I could actually, there's a button to just change it out to USDC or something. Great. I'll click that button. Do I really need to know more than that? I think I agree with John and the answer being mostly no. I think, yeah, on-ramping, on-ramping, like really good fiat on-ramping and an in-game marketplace will solve a lot of those problems. That, 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 that's my two cents. Like those two things, like, and, and, and or, you know, into USDC, you know, if, that's what, if, if you're a crypto native. I, I just want to add for, for us, we've been kind of depending on gamification to do a lot of, uh, of a lot of the education. Like, uh, for example, like stuff like crafting, it's like it involves like burning and minting NFTs and stuff. Like all the stuff you, the user doesn't need to know. That's the point of gamification. It's just kind of, you're just doing it because it's part of the game. And I think that's like all part of the UX. We're also doing stuff like, you know, staking. You can stake NFTs to go into your inventory. It's, it's all underneath the hood, but the gamification just kind of like creates a layer that uh, that makes it so much easier for all the users. Um, and, and we plan to also do a lot of technical documentation if anyone ever does want to figure it out. And it's also important to have a layer of security. Um, so when they're, they're gamifying it, they're, they're doing the stuff securely. They, they can read the docs on, on how we're doing this. And mainly because it's we're so early and that there's so many projects right now that uh, have a lot of security compromises that they have to make. So I think it's it's, true. it's uh, good to be transparent and at the same time just build all these gaming uh, gamifications that just teach uh, users what uh, NFTs and Web3 is all about. I agree with that that whole kind of like language transition. What we're doing is showing affordances and agency, like what you can do um, in using language that people are familiar and comfortable with. Um, I think for... Me, where it gets spicy um, is where you have kind of overloaded utility, um, you know, especially when you like get into kind of generic utility tokens. Uh, like we have SHRAP and it, we've, we had adhered from the beginning from the like one one utility token to rule them all, um, as opposed to kind of like a, you know, like a star atlas model or something like that, where they have an inflationary token and then like a governance token. And, and like with with ours, you have these pieces of like it's a currency. It's also, you know, a promotional a unit allows you to like promote content um, that you think is is amazing and should have more eyeballs on it. Um, it. You know, it's also used for governance. And when you get into that space, it gets confusing because even though we can describe um, in very familiar terms what you can do with it, um, it, be- it becomes very difficult to like name it, right? To to name that thing uh, in a in a familiar sense because it's it's not just the like membership card. Um, which is familiar. It's not just a currency, which is familiar. Um, it's suddenly this weird combination of like various dimensions of utility. And I don't know, you know, I think there's a word that, that's better than utility token um, that will come out, that'll emerge uh, over the next couple of years as, as various like games and platforms start to explore this more. Um, that'll become, you know, easier parlance for everyone. I don't know what that is. I know like once it becomes sticky, uh, like everybody's doing it, we'll jump on board and, and use the same term. Um, but I think that that's going to be for me when we look at that, the lang- like English language um, and how we translate that to everyone and get everyone comfortable. I think that's going to be the more interesting space, like where we need to actually create something as opposed to giving people familiar stuff. 
Love it, everyone. Thanks for the great discussion today. I know we could probably all keep going for another few hours. Uh, you guys got lots of great stuff to share, but I want to make sure we have a chance since you guys have taken the time out of your day to be here just to give you all a chance to shout out about your game uh, if, in case anyone doesn't know about it or if there's any special announcements you want to give real quick. So I'm just going to go down the line here and start with you, Fitch. Anything you want to shout out about Parallel? Uh, maybe a little quick 10-second uh, pitch of what Parallel is for the, those who don't know. Yeah, um, we're building sort of an immersive sci-fi universe. Um, general backstory is a cataclysm occurs in the future and humanity flees in five directions and evolves into five distinct versions of humans uh, and then are called back to Earth to sort of do battle for home. Really, really cool lore, huge lore, guys. What drew me to Parallel originally. Uh, our initial gaming product and, and our main focus right now is building a trading card game a la Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone, except you will actually own the cards as NFTs. Uh, again, you will not require NFTs to play the game. I think that's important to mention. Uh, there will be a completely free-to-play version, uh, which will not require a Web3 wallet either. But if you uh, own NFTs and you play and you win, you'll be able to earn Prime Token, uh, which will be launched next year uh, alongside the launch of the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've got some cool stuff coming up. We've got comic release coming up. That's kind of a premium product for uh, more diehard community members. Uh, it will be pretty amazing. There will be some other goodies in the comics let's just say um so for any parallel listeners i'll give you that little bit of alpha there will be more than comics let's just say that uh in those uh in those packs um but yeah that's uh that's pretty much it uh follow us at at parallel tcg awesome thanks for being here fitch excited for you guys and that comic release definitely keeping my eye out on that uh and amira long if you want to share about that game sure so we are strategic auto battler rpg in development uh, we released an NFT collection called the Mystery Bowls, which are factory NFTs that also um, check your loyalty, how long you've held the bowl, and we'll decide on uh, more valuable NFTs that we can uh, drop out with the factories. Uh, we are also um, playing these deep uh, building out a Unity game that's going to be also free to play. You won't also need the NFT to play, um, but you'll be able to collect stuff if you own the NFT. You'll have upgradable parts. You can uh, play like an RPG character, upgrade, customize, get legendary pieces and have a lot of fun with uh, the lore of the game that we're, uh, we're full throttle on. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here long. And from Shrapnel, we kind of a two for one. So uh, Tony and Don, I don't know if you guys want to rock, paper, scissors, but one of you, uh, feel free to share about Shrapnel. Uh, I'm on my uh, eighth day at the company, so I'm going to let Don take this one. Oh, man. Good. You guys aren't going to have a gunfight for it? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. 1v1. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to a little rock, paper, scissors. Um, the uh, Yeah, man, Shrapnel uh you know free to play extraction shooter um sort of like escape from tarkov meets the divisions uh dark zone um lose your loadout style gameplay rich set of user um, um user creation tools so put your brand on it through cosmetics um or build maps that other people can play in and experience the game um we've got a, a bunch of stuff and a bunch of like styles of engagement we've done already with the community we did an operators project it was five characters um uh, that we uh, minted on OpenSea um, uh, that had, we did a run of 2,000 of each character. And those characters are tied to protagonist characters in uh, a run of five comic books uh, that we did um, that have gone out recently. Um, and they'll be tied to a whole bunch of additional kind of um, dev insights, uh, early gameplay access, that sort of thing um, with our community. Um, we've got uh, the, a um, token offering coming up um, to keep an eye out for that, um, as well as a, a project that we're calling Call Signs. Uh, and then we're hard at work on a public uh, multiplayer playable uh, that we'll be releasing to the community. Um, we've recently shown uh, a kind of a cinematic trailer from the game. You can find out or, or um, go check out if you haven't seen it already, um, as well as a little bit of gameplay um, that we recorded that was in the actual like assets, the, the cinematic level. Um, we just wanted to see if we could, you know, it's like as we're building the game, we're uh, spending a lot of time in, in the you know, white box, like gray box levels, um, iterating as quickly as possible. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back and make sure you can do the art uh, style that you want and make sure everything works. Um, so there's a, a quick video of that that's um, floating around as well uh, that you can check out. And then if you're looking to get more involved with the community, um, chat with the dev team, you can find us uh, on Discord. We stay pretty active in there and our community is super positive, uh, as well as just uh, check out um, what we've got coming out on Twitter 
and we use that definitely as a first-class citizen in terms of um, getting getting the news and information out. Sweet. Thank you guys for being here. Exciting times for Shrapnel. Loved having you guys here. Uh, Jerome, uh, you want to talk a little bit about STG football and shout out uh, anything going on with you guys? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so thanks for having us. Um, yeah, I'm Jerome from, from Super Team Games. Uh, first game is coming out pretty damn soon. Uh, Super, it's called STG Football. Um, we're licensed with the NFLPA, so that means all your favorite football players are in there. Um, from Tom Brady to Zeke, there you go. Uh, should have been from Aaron Rodgers to Zeke, um, from A to Z. Um, so the, the game is a uh, full uh, kind of online multiplayer game. Um, it's 4v4 humans uh, with a few AI uh, folks sprinkled in there. It's going to launch in a few weeks on the Epic Game Store. Um, and we have like a full kind of integration there with uh, voice chat uh, amongst your team members. You can create parties and go into matches. The, the games are incredible. Think like NFL blitz um just kind of a little bit on steroids kind of fast uh and action-packed the way you kind of play games nowadays we wanted it to feel a lot more like i know like a Fortnite or an overwatch rather than a madden right where all the animations are kind of a bit more kind of sluggish and long we want it to be just this really fast and skill-based um the game is made for esports in the sense that it's like we when we play tournaments half the half the company uh, kind of goes on zoom and watches to uh, how the games play out because it's just a tremendous back and forth and just really, really skill-based. So um, be on the lookout for it. I mean, we literally probably, well, I'm like, should, should not say any dates, but it's weeks until until we're going to be out in the Epic Game Store. Uh, check us out, svgfootball.com, and join the Discord and follow us on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jerome, for being here. Uh, John, why don't you close us out? Any last word that you have for our community or guests here today? Yeah, just thanks. Thanks everyone for coming on. Like it was really good uh, to, to, A, you know, get an update of where all of your games are at. And I think um, individually you're all building brilliant elements and uh, building in your own spaces really well in your own different game categories. Um, I think for me, uh, it's just important that we build games that people want to play and just start there. And um, from there, you know, we can we can work on the rest. And I think um, – let's let's continue to focus building on user experience um and, and yeah the space will grow it's it's going to grow it's the, this business model is better than the last business model and uh we're going to see resistance over time because you know people don't pe- people are uncomfortable with disruption because if it's working for them then why would they want that to change so always keep that in mind like when you're getting no's and when you're getting sort of you know uh resistance it's usually from, there's usually some form of a personal interest involved or uh you know especially from some of the bigger guys so i think naturally we're going to see a huge uh the the, the adoption curve is going to explode very soon and uh as soon as people realize as soon as gamers realize how great this is for them and as soon as we make games that are amazing to play and and, and allow people to play them easily um yeah so stay tuned and, and we've got heaps of we've got another really exciting research report coming up in the next couple of days uh stay tuned for that one and um yeah just super excited thanks for everyone thanks for coming appreciate it yep thanks everyone for coming this has been an excellent discussion next week we'll be talking about nft breeding systems and how to make them sustainable so catch us next week on twitter spaces as well thank you to our guests listeners or listening on the podcast afterwards love you guys and i hope everyone has a great day 